Welcome aboard, Nikhil Jefferson. It's a big-time commit, both literally and figuratively, for the doors. Let's go. You are Locked On Bandy, your daily podcast on the Vanderbilt Commodores, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. It's the Locked On Vandy Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Today's show will feature a massive defensive line commit, and we're going to talk about what that means for Clark Lee's defense. Also, the men's hoop team, the men's hoops team picks up their first win over Missouri. So congratulations on that. And lastly, uh, well, Carter Holton must have listened to Friday's episode because, well, his command is indeed back. We're going to talk about the the, uh, the the most recent preseason scrimmages and some of the results and some of the notables from that. So, like I said, thanks for making Locked On Vandy your first listen each and every day. And speaking of every day, thank you to the everydayers. I appreciate you. Without you, this stuff would not happen. So we are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. So, welcome aboard, Nikhil Jefferson. Okay, this this commitment is huge because it adds much needed depth to a pretty thin defensive line room. Not saying it's thin on talent, just thin on bodies. Because like you get a couple injuries away, things are going to get kind of tricky down there. So, what Nikhil Jefferson does. And what this commitment does is it allows you that one more person to uh, to throw into the rotation because when you look at when you look at Clark Lee's defense, and I, I watched some of the stuff against uh, against Notre Dame or with when he was with Notre Dame uh, against like Michigan, against Georgia, against USC, uh, some some of the against Stanford. Like I saw the defensive line moving quite a bit, and when I say moving. Like they're slanting gaps, they're twisting, they're playing games, they're they're doing some funky stuff. And I noticed that in order to do that, you have to have at least, if you're going to be an odd front team, which is three down linemen, I, I think if you're going to have that, you've got to have six guys that can roll, that can play legitimately. Because you need, essentially you need two hockey subs substitution patterns. You need two full lines to come in and roll. Now you're probably going to have different different personnel packages. Like like your nickel package is probably going to probably going to feature two defensive linemen and two defensive ends, which will come from another room. Um, but you know you'll you'll have you'll go from three to just two, so that's good. Um, but you know with Nikhil Jefferson, just having his presence there gives you somebody that could play as a zero as a zero nose. Which uh, which means you're head up of the center. Uh, you can play as a four technique, which is uh, head up of the tackle, or you can play as a one or a three, which is inside shade or outside shade of your guard. 
And these guys move their alignment some. They shift over. Sometimes they shift pre-snap. Like they're gonna. I think you're gonna see them do a good bit of things. That's my prediction. Um, I don't know. I won't know that for sure until I really kind of just see them in the spring and kind of see what Clark Lee is thinking and kind of seeing how aligned with uh, the defenses he ran at Notre Dame were. But um, but scheme wise, like that's what you're going to do. And for, and to get Nikhil Jefferson, like, I think that's a perfect scheme fit for what you're doing because like you need a guy that can move a little bit. Now he's got some size to him, but you, you need a guy that can move. And if you don't have a guy that can move, then you're really like, what are you really doing? You're not really doing much of anything. You're kind of just wasting your time a little bit. And if you waste your time, like you're just gonna like if if you can't move quickly and strongly, you're just gonna like if you slant, you're just gonna get shoved down the line, and the back's gonna make a cut, and you're gonna be irrelevant. So what what, what I think that Nikhil Jefferson adds, and when he gets into this uh, system with Coach Steiner, who I'm gonna talk about uh, at some point, he's doing a heck of a job, man. He delivered the speech that had me ready to run through run through a brick wall, um, but uh, he. Uh, you know, he'll get in that program a little bit. He'll develop his even even better lateral quickness. He'll he'll be able to bend a little bit better. He'll be able to use his leverage a little bit better. His punch will be even stronger. But I, I think he brings a lot of that from Berkeley Prep uh, down in t- from down in Tampa. I think he brings a lot of that to the table to start. Like he has a really good first step. He he gets across the line of scrimmage. He gets into you um, as an offensive guard. He gets into you pretty quick. Now, if you if you go if you go search his highlights, if you watch his highlights from his profile, um, his very first clip, I'm gonna describe it to you. When he comes off, right? He comes off low. He is at the snap of the ball. He's already got his hands on the outside shoulder. He the guard has just gotten out of his stance and he is in his chest almost. He is ready to dip and rip. So, first step, he is almost there. Second, third step, he's already begun his rip. And then he just, from there, the guard had no chance. Like he got under him and the guard was just playing catch up the whole time because by the time he got set and was able to react, he was already, he was already even with them and, and, and had the upper hand. So that's the kind of things that, that he can do from a pass rush, from an interior pass rush, um, is, is be able to put pressure on a guard to set quickly which will oftentimes lead to either completely missing him or holding calls. And, and when you have quick defensive linemen, I'm telling you, if you ask any offensive lineman, the, the low quick ones are the worst to block because you have no time to react and you have to, you have to get down there. Cause most of these guards are six, five and above some of them, you know, some may be six, three, but like you're not getting much below six, three. Uh, out of the guard position in this league. So like, he's going to be able to like, he's going to be able to get under a lot of people and he's going to be very, very pesky. So uh, I like this. I think this is a great, great addition for, uh, for this defense. And, you know, just again, some of the, some of the elements he brings like in the special teams units and stuff, this is going to allow a little bit more liberal substitutions for, for the defense at the defensive line position. I think this is going to allow you the freedom to, get in different packages where you might have some four down and some three down stuff where you move, you put them, you know, you get in some stuff where you shift them over into like, in, you know, onto a shade in the, in the center and force the center to 
make an athletic play. You know, like things like that where he you use his athleticism against your opponent. So exciting. Uh, welcome aboard Nikhil Jefferson. He will make a he will make a big, big difference in a room that really desperately needs it because again, it's not the most talented in the in the world. It is not the deepest room in the world, but they're gonna flat get after it. They perform well. They they were good last year. A bunch of a uh, bunch of guys that you probably never heard of, but they were good last year, and uh, they, they're going to get even better with uh, with these commits they have coming in. Uh, these freshmen, I think, are going to come in and add a much needed much needed boost to this unit, um, including Nikhil Jefferson. So um, we're gonna, you know, I'll talk kind of more about how this defensive line will wreak havoc uh, as as the spring as the spring goes. But this is like that's a storyline in the spring, like. How is this defensive line going to react to a, a complete shift in, in in scheme, and how are how are they going to manage that? So, um, again, very very exciting. But uh, before we before we uh, before we transition, I, I want to talk about another commit. Uh, he's not a full scholarship commit, but he uh, he did commit on a preferred walk on uh, deal. Uh, his name is uh, his name is Jazz uh, Lassiter. He is a slot receiver from Deerfield Academy in Massachusetts. Now, uh, why am I talking about a preferred walk-on? Because, well, let's face it. I watched his senior highlights because I was intrigued. Like, okay, preferred walk-on. Let's kind of see what that looks like at Vanderbilt. Like a preferred walk-on at Georgia may be a guy that could be all conference in the FCS level, um, but just wanted to play SEC ball. Um you know, th- this guy is, is, is no different. I, I think, you know, when you watch his highlights, if you look him up, uh, Jamazel Lassiter from Deerfield Academy, what jumps out of the page is, you know, obviously I can see why he probably didn't get a lot of Power 5 offers because his stature is not one that Power 5 teams are probably interested in, uh, which I, I think sometimes gets a little bit uh, overrated as a stat. But, like, what jumps out at me is just, his speed and how just difficult it is to touch it, to, to tackle him. Like you, you can't like, and I, I get it. He's playing Massachusetts private school football. So like some of the talent he's playing against may or may not be able to handle him or, or anybody even close to him. But you can tell, like he really kind of jumps off the page. He's his quickness is just outstanding. He makes a cut and he just goes, man, he, he he is, you know. I, I don't know that his top end speed is is elite, but how fast he can get to his top end is probably the more impressive part. Because and that's called acceleration. How quickly can you get to your top end? And and I think his acceleration is is pretty pretty good. And I think that'll make him. I think that'll make him dangerous in special teams uh, on on these coverage teams. You know, you could look at him as a potential return guy. Like there's a there's some clips of him returning a punt like there's one clip about if you watch his highlights about one about one minute 50 seconds in um, he returns a punt and it looks like like two or three times he's going to go down but like he just puts his hand on the ground and just casually just pops right back up like like the balance that he has is is tremendous and he plays a lot in the slot so he has he has a good bit of snaps probably I would say the majority of his snaps, which I don't know the, the total number, but like he is, uh, he plays in the slot primarily. He he catches he catches uh, screens. He he can block really well. 
Um, he catches like intermediate stuff over the middle. He's just he's just a solid wide receiver and and somebody that you know the importance of having him. Now you look at this receiver room. You got a good crop of freshmen coming in, okay, uh, including him. I guess I'll include him. But you got a good crop of freshmen, um, not including him. You got a couple transfer guys that have a chip on their shoulder. But like we all know that wide receivers like to do do this thing called pull their hamstrings. And um, and so, like, you get a couple injuries away. Like, I think this guy could play. I, I'm not saying he, he's he's not going to be a guy that jumps out as a as a day as a day one starter, where he's like out of the gates. Like, man, this guy's a can't miss prospect. But like, he's sitting in a position to where he can earn some playing time. And I I can I can all but guarantee that he's going to get some looks on special teams. Um, I, I think he's going to be on some coverage units. He's going to be a dark horse for the return jobs. Um, he's going to be he's going to be a nightmare on on scout team, and I think that's going to be great uh, for the scout team. Uh, you know, with this schedule that's top twenty hardest in the country, you you need guys like this to to simulate uh, the, the opposing teams. And he's going to be he's going to be able to do a good job of it. He's going to challenge these DBs. He's going to make sure the defense is really really good and set up really good. And so. Um, he's going to get some opportunities in, in that regard. He's going to put himself in line to get a full scholarship should somebody uh, should somebody defect after spring or during summer camp or even into uh, next season because you know we all know roster attrition, roster attrition is a thing, especially in the transfer portal era. So he's sitting in a good spot. So all he's got to do is come in and perform like he's performing on these highlights uh, where he's physical. He's running good routes. He's you can't really tackle him. He's difficult to bring down. He he's sure-handed. He he understands where openings are. He understands how to use his size or lack thereof um, as an advantage and not a disadvantage. So I'm excited to kind of see what happens with this with this one. Um, you know, my predictions are you know after this year he could be somebody that's on full scholarship because he's a a good solid return guy and because he is uh, somebody that can. Uh, Get after it in uh, in special teams and possibly be a good jet sweep guy and and a, and a, a quick screen guy. So, uh, Nikhil Jefferson, welcome aboard. Uh, James L. Lassiter, welcome aboard. Um, and uh, hope you two guys um, enter Commodore Nation and make a huge impact and make the huge impact that I think and know you will. So, um, when we come back, though, the men's team they get a much much needed win. It is phenomenal, dude. Um, they they beat Missouri. We'll talk about that and, and what happened. Um, and uh, when we get back, we'll do that. Stay tuned. All right. This episode is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. That's right. When you're hiring for small businesses, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is, isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Its success allows access, well, it gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all of that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. 
Let that sink in. So LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com slash locked on to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome back. Segment number two of the Locked On Vandy podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Make sure you follow us on social media and wherever you get your podcast. Like and subscribe at Locked On Vandy X and Instagram. Uh, thank you to the everydayers. Again, I can't thank you guys enough. Michael Specs, Kurt Page, uh, Scotty Derrick. Uh, some of these others are starting to pop up as as uh, as everydayers. I'm getting closer and closer to 200, and that's before baseball season, right? Baseball season's right around the corner. Let's get up to two. Let's get up to 300 by the end of baseball season. Let's do that. So I'm challenging you, Commodore Nation, to 300, not 200, 300 subscribers. By the end of baseball season, which is the start of summer, and then I want to go into f- I want to go into football season with 500, and by the end of the calendar year, I want to reach that magical number of 1,000. So those are my goals. In order to get there, it takes you guys. So spread the word, like the show, all that good stuff. So um, basketball, man, men's hoop gets their first win of the season. Um, Ezra Manion and Tyron Lawrence lead the way. Uh, Them and two others, that would be Isaiah West. And, um, well, let's just say three of the four that combined for – or that had double-digit performances, three of them were guards, and those three guards combined for 43 points. All right, Um, the bat – you know, the, the story of this 68 to 61 victory was the guard play. Um, Tyron Lawrence and Ezra Manion were absolutely brilliant. Uh, they, I mean, they were just, it just seemed like they were finally in sync. Shots were going down. They were tacking the rim, all that good stuff. And next thing you know, it's, it's victorious. Um, the thing that's been plaguing Vanderbilt uh, actually went in their favor this uh, this time around. Uh, they out rebounded Missouri forty two to thirty one. Uh, they made f- fifteen free throws, and uh, you know, and again, the guard play was was outstanding. So uh, they won't go winless in conference, which is which is a good thing. But you know, I, I think having uh, having this win, having them face some adversity still uh, down the stretch was uh, was good that this might help them down the road now I don't know what that means you know as far as what's next but again uh they needed that one pretty bad because confidence was at an all-time low and when you're 0 for seven to start the to start the conference play and you have not won since the calendar flipped over to 2024 it's not good man and and, and uh that sticks with you that that funk just kind of stays stays with you and, and it's not it's not very good. So, uh, you know, when when you when you kind of when you kind of take a peek at things, that's one thing you have to look at. Like, what I'm interested to see in the weekday game is 
how does the you know this is the this is the guiding question here and and how does this win carry over into your next games right because honestly this one won't mean jack diddly do if you go out and have another stinker okay if your guards can't carry you which you know sometimes that happens but you got to keep this up each and every game now if you want this to truly mean something, how do you follow it up, right? Now, it you know it's always fun to win, and uh, but you know I, I think we have to think we have to like it, it's exciting, it's good, it, it feels good, it feels good as a Vandy fan to say okay we got one right now we can you know because you feel bad for Tyra Lawrence you feel bad especially for Ezra Manion who has been absolutely brilliant in all of these losses. And, um, but like just the overall product has been so abysmal that like, you just wondered if they were ever going to, to get back and, and, uh, and actually win one. So, but they finally won one. And uh, unfortunately it was a team that was also winless in conference. Um, so they're not all of a sudden going to start beating teams now. Um, but they, uh, they, they didn't quit. They finally played with some confidence. Uh, they finally looked like a team that was in sync a little bit, and that's those are good things. Maybe that's what carries them, but they still weren't very good from behind the arc, um, which means they probably still weren't creating good shots for themselves uh, defensively. I, I think they're still giving up too many runs, and that's going to be dangerous down the stretch. So uh, for them to be able to carry it over – that's going to have to be something that is uh, built upon. And the communication thing mostly has got to be something that is uh, – you just got to keep pressing on and you got to keep going. So uh, it doesn't get any easier. Tuesday night they welcome Kentucky. So Kentucky is top ten in the country. Uh, Kentucky is Kentucky. So that game's certainly not going to get – any easier, uh, Josiah Jordan James is, uh, well, let's just say he's on fire. <laughs> and, uh, he's on fire. So hopefully it doesn't turn into the cat house in Memorial Gym. I can't say cat Atlanta because it's not in Atlanta, but like that kind of situation, uh, the Tennessee game situation where now it's all blue. So if you want to make a difference, if you want to support this team, or just for the sheer fact of keeping Vanderbilt out of the state, out of the arena, or keep not Vanderbilt, you want Vanderbilt in the arena, but keeping Kentucky fans out of the arena, show up just for the sheer fact that you don't want to turn on the TV and see a sea of blue taking over your, your arena, which I know some of you think that's the way to get through to this AD. And that might be a good, that might be a good strategy, but still, you don't really want to see it, though. I don't know. But this team won. And uh, give, them, give them some love. Give them some love. Uh, congratulations to Vanderbilt Basketball. So when we come back, uh, we're going to finish up with some baseball. Baseball's right around the corner. Scrimmages are in full swing. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, stay, stay tuned, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, we are also presented by FanDuel. 
So happy Super Bowl, happy Super Bowl to all those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some super bets, right? For me, I love the whole ambiance. So I, I, I love the game. I love the party when there is one. Uh, I love the food. There's always really good appetizers and dips and things. Uh, the commercials are always top notch. And of course, uh, you know, making those Super Bowl prop bets. That's always a lot of fun too, because like you can do so many things like anytime touchdowns, yards, receptions, what color the Gatorade's going to be, um, over under the national championship, who wins the coin flip, and what, what is it heads or tails, right? They have so many ways for you to end the season with a W or maybe two or three. So not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. So new customers, if you join today, you'll get a 200, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, we're going to wrap this thing up here. We are going to talk about baseball. That's right. You heard it. Baseball. Uh, Carter Holton, man, like he, I said it in the open, he must have listened to Friday's episode. And how? Uh, because he went out and pitched an absolute gym. For, uh, for the baseball team. Uh, he he had three innings pitched, no hits, no runs, no walks. He, he uh, well, he did hit one person, so I guess that counts as a walk, but uh, he struck out five, um, and he had a pickoff. So that's uh, 33 pitches. He had 22 of those were strikes, and, uh, and a stat that they keep up with there is whiffs, which means six swing swings and misses. So he seems to be dialed in. Uh, Dukanovich also, he pitched one and two-thirds innings. He gave up a hit. He gave up a run. had three walks. Uh, he hit one batter. He struck out three. Uh, Green pitched three. Uh, three hits, no runs, no walks, no Ks. Uh, but he did. Uh, throw 28 strikes, so he had a little bit of contr- he had a little bit of command there. Um, Ginther, uh, McIlvain, McIlvain pitched two innings, gave up a hit, had a walk, struck out two, uh, 20 strikes on 31 pitches. So uh, the pitching looked pretty solid, um, but uh, Holton, man, Holton's the one who stood out, man. Five strikeouts, just absolutely dealing, man. And uh, I- I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. I I think he's gonna have a nice run at the Sunday starting job. Um, but you look at some of these, you look at some of these hitters too. Like I, I think some of these things are going to come into play. Now, some of these scrimmage stats, maybe like you're going to see these hitters like over, 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 over. But then you have to realize that, um, well, you have to realize this, these pitchers are pretty daggum good. So anytime you're facing your own guys, it's going to be tough, Right. I like Vastine went 0 for 4. Uh, you know, Wolfie went 0 for, 0 for 1. Rogers went 0 for 1. Uh, you had Lenev 0 for 3. Awesome for 0 for 2 with a strikeout. Uh, Lenev had was 0 for 3 with a strikeout. He had four at bats because he had a walk. Uh, Co- Cozeal went 1 for 4 with, a, with two strikeouts. Humphrey 
Um, went 0 for 2. He had a walk and got picked off. Espinal had a homer, though. He had a dinger. That's right. He had a dinger. He was like Alfred D'Elia. He just hits dingers, man. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but no, in, in all seriousness, like he is uh, – it, it's it's a lot of fun, man, uh, to, to see these baseball stats. I think baseball season is going to be outstanding. I, th- I think when you look at it, um, you know, you have a really, really good lineup at a, and an even better pitching staff. And when it comes to playing postseason baseball, you, you, you hit to get there and then you, you pitch to win. You know, pitching always wins, right? Pitching always wins. So, you know, I'm 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 excited about that. I am, uh, and uh, I, I I'm curious to see how and what this uh, what this rotation stuff is going to look like. Um, if you want to look at the others, uh, Arya Garrison is a godsend for Vanderbilt baseball coverage. Love what she does. Uh, Bryce Cunningham, four innings pitched. He had three strikeouts, one hit, no runs, and a walk. 66 percent strikes. Um, the aforementioned Carter Holton, I already told you his stats. Uh, Grayson Carter, three innings pitched, gave up two hits, gave up one run, three strikeouts, and a walk. Devin Futrell uh, had two and two-thirds with, with a hit, a run, and one strikeout, no walks, but through 76% strikes. Uh, so he had the highest strike percentage. Carter Holton looked, as far as striking guys out and not giving up hits, he looked the best over this past over this past weekend. So, uh, those are your those are your weekend rotation guys. Um, uh, looks like Carter Holton has taken the lead uh, as far as uh, as far as the Sunday spot goes. So, um, stay tuned for that battle. And and thank you, Aria Garrison at Aria underscore Garrison uh, on on X. You can follow her. So. Um, I'm reacting to a lot of. I'm not breaking this news. I'm giving her credit for finding the information. I'm just re- I'm just reacting to the great information that she's provided and saying that my prediction based on what she's provided is that Carter Holton is going to be your. It looks like he's got command of that weekend uh, Sunday starter role, and I think uh, I think he'll end up there. So, but anyway, that's going to do it for us here on the uh, Locked On Vandy podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Thank you to the everydayers for uh, for all the support that you give. And uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow uh, for Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Vandy podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you tune in to Locked On SEC. Make that your next listen. Anchor down.